I'm Ginger Birkenbuehl. And I'm Esther Ikoro. And we're the hosts of the Honest Field Guide podcast. Entrepreneurship is no joke. The journey is full of anticipation, failure, hope, and disappointment. You'll make money and be totally broke at the same time. The Honest Field Guide podcast tells you the truth. We know being an entrepreneur is crazy hard and you will sometimes cry at dinner. Listen in to be inspired, laugh, and learn how to really thrive on your business journey. Hey, Ginger. Hey, Esther. Reporting to you live from quarantine. This is <laughs> this is really happening right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, this has been quite a, a journey. I mean, I feel like this is something that you thought we should be doing in the very beginning, I've, way before quarantine. Yes. Like, things come full circle. You're like, why are we not doing it? All? I do why not are we not have having to be phone here. call podcasts? <laughs> like, why do we have to travel? But Victoria Island sounds nice right now. <laughs> I've been in the house too long. I know, right? Remember how great that trip was? Yeah. I mean, like going through all the beautiful being outside just in general being... it was amazing. Before you and I introduce our guests, I just want to level set and say that we're having this conversation with this amazing mm-hmm. senior student at Whitney Young High School. And it's personally amazing to me because I am a Whitney Young High School graduate, which you know, Esther. <laughs> I saw that look. Good. Great. Okay, Go Dolphins. Look, I'm Esther, surrounded by Dolphins, you guys. <laughs> I mean, it's it's real. So like we, you know, I went to Whitney Young High School and it was a great experience. I mean, I, I loved, I loved being a student at Whitney Young. The really cool thing about my four years at Whitney Young was my last year I was in entrepreneurship class and I learned all kinds of exciting things about how to be confident. I learned a lot my last year at Whitney Young because I had no visibility around business or entrepreneurship. I just didn't understand it. But I know that when I was in that class, I was like, oh my God, like I have, I have power. I understand what to do. And I was able to get my first job as a retail employee at a bookstore. And I worked my way up to become manager eventually. But I don't think that I would have been able to have gotten that job with the confidence and joy to be walking into that into that retail store asking for the job had I not taken an entrepreneurship class at Whitney Young. So Whitney Young is the best, right? <laughs> so anyway, um, what about you, Esther? Did you have any kind of like, I mean, I, I just, just to say, I didn't know I was going to open my own company when I was 17 years old, okay, at Whitney Young. I had no idea. I didn't have visions of opening a company. I didn't know I was going to be an entrepreneur. But I'm curious, when you were in high school, Esther, because you were in high school actually more recently than I was, we're not going to say how old I am, but but did you have any entrepreneurship spark in high school? I did, actually. I I have been trying to secretly open my own business forever. <laughs> I think it really comes from watching The Simpsons and oh my watching business depiction on that, because that's, a, that's as far as it went for me education-wise. It's so different now with students in high school, right? Because, you know, the guest that we're about to introduce, you know, he's got a great business and I don't even know when it started, but we're going to find out. The thing also that's that's sort of um, interesting about our guest 
Um, a lot of students now, because of the quarantine, um, they're not going to publicly graduate, right? So everything has to change. And I think there are some seniors, and you know, that were holding everything to the last minute. Like, I'm going to do this when I'm going to I'm going to do it when I graduate. I'm going to do this and. And, you know, this guy that we're about to talk to, this young student, this young man, who's also a senior, um, he didn't wait, right? I mean, he started this process much earlier. So he's in position to, no matter what happens, um, whether, you know, he goes to college or not, we're going to talk to him about that. Um, You know, he can, you know, hit the gate the minute the gates open and start running and make some money. So, you know, Matt Burzak, who we're about to talk to, you know, I met Matt during one of the classes that I taught as a level two volunteer for Carol Alba's entrepreneurship class at Whitney Young High School. And um, he stood out to me. I mean, I there's a lot of students in that class and they're all different depending on what day I would show up to volunteer. But, you know, he stood out because he was very attentive. He was awake the entire time. Um, he raised his hand. If I asked a question of the class, he was one of the few that would offer um, an answer, which I was excited about because I know when you're in uh, as an entrepreneur in business, it's really important that you have the confidence to ask things or to raise your hand or to stand out. It's very difficult to run a business and to be an entrepreneur if you aren't, you don't have a level of confidence to, you know, put yourself out there and expose yourself, right? So he stood out to me that way, which is why we've invited him to the show. Matthew Burzek, an entrepreneur, started Kicks of Chicago back in 2018 while he was at a summer coding program in San Francisco. Kicks of Chicago is a custom shoe business that creates hand-painted sneakers specializing in splatter art, design prints, and cartoon themes. Everything Kicks creates is hand-painted, original, and done carefully with many hours invested into each project. Recently, the brand partnered up with sneaker consignment shop League Ready to extend their service throughout the store. Matt started his company because he wanted to make custom shoes for himself and his roommates because when they wanted to purchase online, they were too expensive. He decided to take action and try it himself, successfully selling the first pair he created. From this first purchase, Kicks of Chicago began growing. The business allows him to put his combined love for art and sneakers together into one activity. Welcome, Matt. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, Matt. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) We're super excited to talk to you. Talk a little bit about yourself. So you're a senior in high school at Whitney Young and you're supposed yeah. to graduate this year, right? Probably, when? Yeah, probably won't. Um, <laughs> June 6th was my graduation date, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen how we planned it. Because uh, right now they're still thinking of how we're going to graduate, whether it's going to be uh, virtual or we're going to just pick it up from somewhere. So we don't know yet. But mm-hmm. yeah. How are you feeling about that? How is that making you feel like, it kind of makes me like feel bummed bummed out in a way because like we kind of went for like what three and a half years and then we kind of just we can't really say goodbye in like an official way and we didn't really see it coming because we we're like oh coronavirus gonna last what one two maybe a month max we'll be back in may for sure and now we're here like oh shut down till may so it's tough it's kind of tough i wonder what a virtual graduation is gonna look like maybe they'll spend you guys vr headsets and you can just like Oh, I'm joking. Aw. <laughs> it's been, no, it's, it's, it's my, I don't think my kids will believe that, like, yeah, I didn't, I graduated, but it was online. They'll be like, no, it's not. Sure. So it's going to be something interesting. Do you feel any sense of 
being cheated or disappointed? Or do you feel like, you know, it's all right. I, I was ready to get out anyway. I mean, what was, what's your sort of, what were your, what was your expectation of what your life would have been like had you actually had a physical in-person graduation? So it would for sure be fun. Cause I like, for, cause I, my brother graduated from Whitney Young, what was it? Three, three years ago. So I was there and it was just like a, it was a pretty nice ceremony. It was like, you get to see a lot of pictures and all that stuff, nice dinners, parties, you know, but it's also like not just the fact that there's no graduation, there's no prom, no luncheon, like big senior events that happened in May. And it's pretty much like May was our month and it kind of like got taken away from us. So, wow. You know, I feel so I feel bad about that for you. I feel bad for all of all of you seniors. I think the senior experience is probably much more intense than my um, middle son, who should be graduating from eighth grade. I mean, it's a much smaller experience, but um, you know, he's a social kid. So this was something he was really looking forward to. But, you know, I'm sorry that that's happening. Um, I have to sort of figure out what everybody can do once this is over, you know, how we can sort of get back to that feeling of graduation. And maybe it'll never come. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> I don't know. Matt, so where are you from? Why did you choose Whitney Young? I mean, we've got so many choices in Chicago, right? I'm from the north part, uh, north side part of Chicago. and. Uh... My brother went to Whitney Young before me, like I said, and uh, I originally was supposed to go to Northside, but uh, at the time when my brother was a senior, he was graduating with Jalil Okafor, who was the number one player in the country for basketball, so, and I wanted to play basketball, I was like, what's the best uh, place to play basketball, I was like, because my mind was all on, like, oh, let's play basketball, let's hoop, so Whitney Young just seemed like the best option, he was like, oh, the program there is great, the, the benefits there are great, and it's also, what, top three academic in Chicagoland area. So I was like, that's the move. Let's do it. Your parents, are they super involved in ensuring you have education or what's, what's their, what's their world been like with you growing up? It's just straight A's, straight A's, straight A's, education, education. Cause you know, cause they're my, my parents are immigrants, uh, immigrants. So they came from Poland. So they want to really give, like, they really stress education. Like they don't want me to do like what they're really doing, they want me to do something that's much easier, something that's more skilled, something that's like takes less time and all that to, uh, to have a living. So they definitely stressed out a lot when I was growing up and they still do. Are they entrepreneurs? You said that they wanted to help you have a better life than they had. What, is, what do your parents do? Uh, so my father is a carpenter and he has his own like carpentry country uh, company. So it's kind of like he does flooring and cabinets and stuff like that with his brother and then this uh, this other like family relative, they work together. And then my mother, she used to work at a salon. She's, she's a hairdresser by trade. And uh, so once my little brother was born, she kind of stopped working at a salon and kind of just been uh, taking clients in uh, from home and like, you know, going to their houses if needed. So was that your earliest visual of entrepreneurship? What, what sparked your earliest entrepreneurial thoughts? So I, I believe it or not, for a long time, I didn't know what my parents did. I just assumed, like, I seen my mom, like, taking clients and stuff. I just didn't know what she did or whatever. I know she, like, cut hair, but I've never seen her work at a salon or whatever. So it was like, what does she do? And then my dad, she just leave real early in the morning, come late at night. So I didn't know exactly what he did until maybe, like, the sixth, seventh grade. But the reason I started entrepreneurship, because, like, I hated to ask my mom for money. She would give me, like, money to, you know, get some food here and there with my friends, whatever. But I was like, this is not enough. Like I want to do this a bit more often. So I was like, 
there has to be ways to like get more of this money. So I was like, I always started selling some stuff at school here and there, got more money for a side stuff. And yeah. What type of stuff were you selling at school? So in third and fourth grade, probably the earliest stuff that I remember was uh, origami, paper origami. Wow. I almost got kicked out. Yeah. I was Wait, like, what? You got what? Yeah. I almost got kicked out. So like the last two months of third grade, I was selling origami for like, it was like a, a dollar for like a design. Right. And I just looked up on YouTube and did it. Right. And I would say like, I'm not even lying right now. I made like $200 in one month from paper origami from what? my school. $200 in a month? Yes. In a month as a what third grader. Oh, wait, 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 back up. $200 in a month as a third grader. How did you set up the pipeline to make that money? Did you have a PayPal account? I mean, what? no, it was just cash. Everything was cash. cash? In third grade. Yeah. And people would just bring like one to $5 and I would just constantly do it. Whether I was like in class or something, it was just like, it was just folding paper. So I was like, you guys want this? I would make like Ninja Star. I would make like, you know, just cool designs that I've seen on the internet and I just learned how to do them. It was a Catholic school, which I grew up in a real small Catholic school. So uh, you're not supposed to sell stuff like candy or whatever. And it's just against policy. So it's like my principal found out and like the last week of school in May, she was like, ma'am, I need you to stop selling this, blah, blah. You can get suspended and all this. I'm going to have to kick you out, blah, blah, because we know that you've been making a lot of money because my teachers and they started like to threaten me or whatever to stop it. So I had to stop it. You've got the creative side of you that you've been doing since you were um, illegally selling origami in third grade. (laughs) Exhibit A, a crane. And then you have this athletic side to you because you said you went to Whitney Young. Part of the decision was it has a great basketball program. So did you ever feel like you had to choose between your creativity and your athletic side when you were young? Oh, no, no, definitely. I was like, I can handle doing both. Yeah. So it was kind of like, once I'm like before practice, before school or after practice, after school, whatever, I was like, I can do one, I can do the other. And like when I was growing up, I had, I would go, you know, work on stuff on a Monday. I would have games on Tuesday. I had nothing Wednesday, so I can definitely do something then. And then I have like a practice or a game on Thursday at like a league or something. So always had time to like kind of fit in what I want to do. How did you find out about sneaker culture? Like who was your introduction and inspiration for that? Uh, actually it was, I wasn't really into sneakers until probably freshman year. When I came into Whitney Young, it was like, I was kind of like the odd guy out when I was, uh, in the flex in, uh, in the basketball program. Cause like, I wasn't from like the same area as everyone else was, or in, from the actual city cities. I had the same exact shoe from second to seventh grade. It was a white Tommy Hill figure sneaker that I wore and I was like, no, I got to get rid of this. Like, I can't be wearing this. People think like it's the same shoe for six years, but it's just, we've been buying the same shoe, different sizes for six years. So like, I want to change something. So I started getting like, I got my first Air Jordan one for basketball. But then when I started playing for basketball, I was like, Air Jordan one's not for basketball really anymore. They have, they make special shoes for that. Right. So then I started buying more and more shoes. And from there, I kind of like loved collecting them. It was just something like, Oh, new outfit, new shoes. So and once I got to Whitney Young, it's like I saw like like my teammate Sangley in one game. I saw him bring five pairs of shoes to rock for like a tournament, for like a like a two day tournament. I was like, wow, like I gotta get me some of those. Was this a business that you started as a sophomore or junior, or did you have visions of this 
as you were entering high school? I mean, did you have, was, were this, was this, was there a formation taking place of this business or not? So like once freshman year started and I started playing basketball and I saw like all the guys having like exclusive sneakers and all this and that. And I started like looking more into, it. I was like, what pair is that? What is that? So I started watching more like videos on the sneaker culture. I kind of really like fell in love with the aesthetic, the design process, the, the colorways. So I started doing that and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna get some more shoes for myself. So I was like, you know, I think they're like, I'll look good in them. So once that started, I would watch a lot of YouTube videos. I'm like, I somehow got stuck in the YouTube rabbit hole where it's all like, it takes you from like watching sneaker videos, sneaker review videos to, uh, people drawing out sneakers i was like wow that's cool like that's like limited limit like it's a one out of one pair no one has those so kind of back up a little i went to san francisco for like a coding thing because i wanted to build an app because like having an app for yourself is kind of cool i was in the room and uh my parents gave me i think it was two thousand dollars for six weeks in san francisco for like food travel and all that stuff so i had some money left over so i decided to buy an air force one and uh see what i can do like an all-white air force one and just start customizing it I want to understand um, your class with uh, Miss Carol Alba, right? She is your entrepreneurship um, leader at Whitney Young High School. As I mentioned earlier, you stood out to me in class, confident, bold. How did you learn about her class? Did you know there was entrepreneurship classes at Whitney Young? Like, how did you get into that space? Because I don't think everybody knows about that process or opportunity at Whitney Young. Then the junior year, we're doing a class program for senior year. And I already had all my requirements. I had my four years of math because I doubled up on math that year. And uh, I was just, I just, all I needed was an English requirement. So I was like, senior year, it's going to be like a nice year, something like a year where I'm going to actually learn like skills that I want to learn for like the professional world. So I decided to take like, I started, I looked at all the courses top to bottom. I then selected like stuff like graphic design, stuff like sound engineering. And then my friend recommended to me, like, you know, there's a business class. And like, Matt, you're always selling stuff at school. You're always trying to, do something big. He's like, you should check it out. It's not that difficult of a class. There's a lot of freedom, a lot of creativity that allows you to go into and you'll learn the basics. So he was like, you should take it. And I actually didn't know it's like a two-year class. So there's like a business honors too. So I would have taken it earlier if I knew about it, but my friend recommended to me. So yeah, shout out to them. <laughs> I mean, I love that. I didn't, I don't think we had business honors when, when I was in school. I mean, I don't remember that. I think we just had one class at the time. I mean, I could be wrong too, but how do you think this entrepreneurship education has had an impact on your vision of your business? Has it, has it changed your process? Has it changed your understanding of what this looks like? I mean, I feel like you came into the class already ahead of everybody, but how has this impacted your business? Uh, so one thing or two things I would probably say that Miss Yuala's class uh, really allowed me was to like, definitely she taught me how to plan out things because she's like, when I, because I have, I would say a little bit different agenda than most people in the class since I'm a little ahead and I get all my work done. So she always tells me, oh, Matt, have you done a business plan for this? And I was like, a business plan is kind of silly in my opinion because I was like, I got it all in my head. I got, she's like, no, write it down, do a five-year plan, map out what you want to do, do this, do that. And then she would send me files to kind of like 
take care of everything in order and kind of keep track of everything. So definitely grateful for that, for having her do that. And second is definitely, uh, she allows me to have like creative thinking and allows me to like, kind of like not follow like her agenda, but like she sees that I'm doing something that's also business related. So she kind of lets me do that on the side. Let me like think of different ideas for businesses I want to start or like, you know, kind of just like mess around or take a call here and there. And yeah. And kind of like, let me do business related things that she can grade, she can assess, which I'm thankful for. Do you think that this is the type of class that every student at Whitney Young should take regardless of their field of study? Yes. Why? Because not only does she teach uh, the basics of business and economics, she definitely teaches you life skills such as communications and stuff like that. Like we had a class where it's just, we were shaking hands to perfect the handshake. Like, I am not, I'm so serious. We took like 30 minutes and we just practiced shaking hands. I'm sorry. Grip, the, oh, I'm so the serious. The whole class is like... like... It sounds ridiculous. No, it, no, it doesn't. Ridiculous. No, no, Matt. It does not sound ridiculous. I, I had no idea that they did a... Th- I mean, I am so excited about that. I That is like the... Be- I'm so thrilled that you said that and that they're doing that. But go ahead. I mean, you, you had yeah, 30 I mean, minutes of handshaking. Yeah, like and stuff like that. She always talking about like the the market, like oh, what's going on? So it's like current events. It's stuff like even like if you're majoring, let's say in bio or trying to become a lawyer, it's like stuff you should know. It's like oh, she every day she starts off with like what's going on in the world. Have you guys watched the news? Read the news? Updated on it? So it's just something to you know to think about. You know, it's it's the handshaking thing. I have to just mention that. I wrote an article on LinkedIn about this because now that we're dealing with social distancing, over for handshakes. my concern is, this I is mean, you in. can't hand, shake people's hands. And so my whole thing is like, for women in the workplace, that's the one place that they can express their confidence by shaking a man's hand very strongly. And so now for not shaking, my question to my audience on LinkedIn was, what should we do now? What is the way that we can introduce ourselves and, you know, be super confident now that we can't like shake someone's hand and break it? So DePaul University, for example, they have now made it permissible for all majors across their entire school to take entrepreneurship classes and to have them apply as credit. So they never used to do that. That just happened last year. So I I think what you're suggesting is exactly where a lot of colleges and universities are heading now because they recognize the value of an entrepreneurial um, process with whatever work you're doing, you know? So you're, you're already heading in that space that you're going to be very marketable after graduation. I, I want to understand, um, I know that, you know, Esther and I talk a lot about the types of platforms and processes online you should use in order to be effective with your business. Do you have things that you would recommend to um, interested entrepreneurs? What platforms do you think are the best um, and what's your favorite platform right now that you're using for selling Kicks of Chicago products? Uh, definitely Instagram, because uh, Instagram definitely allows you to have like an art portfolio in a sense, because like if I get to post all my pictures, I also get to post kind of like my disclaimers, my like terms and conditions, how to order. And it's all displayed on my page very simply. And then I can also attach links such as to my YouTube channel, to my website. So it just makes it a lot easier 
smoother and easier to um, to connect stuff. So yeah, and also I can answer like personal messages since like customs usually requires something like, oh, can I get my name on it? Can I get this design? So the DMs definitely like allow me to communicate efficiently, keep everything organized. So it's just a multi-useful platform. And speaking of communication, what's your favorite way to communicate? Do you have one outside of Instagram or is everything kind of contained on that platform? So like if I want to further discuss something with a client or someone wants to like FaceTime to check me out or text me, I definitely give them my number or uh, a lot of my other stuff is like for like friends and family. A lot of people hit me up on Snapchat, which is just as easy as uh, Instagram. But if they need like more like examples of my work, I definitely just give them my link to my Instagram. But if they know me already, they I post a lot of my story on my Snap story. So people already seen it. So they're like, yo, let's get it done through uh, Snapchat. Did you do any research before you decided to go on Instagram? What are the different ways that you use to decide what platforms and tools that you were going to use? Did you see other people doing it? I've always definitely seen other people like advertise and kind of post like art on Instagram. But um, I've been using Instagram to like do business for like a while now. Back when I was a freshman, sophomore, I had a clothing thing I was doing. And I used all that stuff on uh, Instagram, all the all the shirts and hoodies I was selling. I would post them on Instagram and then I just linked to my website if they wanted it in the bio. So I've been using it for a minute. I've run like photography pages before and stuff like that and like theme pages. So I'm, I was super familiar with uh, Instagram for a long time. So. Is Kicks of Chicago your only retail environment or do you have others and what are they? When I was a freshman sophomore, like I said, I had a clothing brand named Futures. I sold that to some dude in Romeoville when I was, yeah. I'm sorry, it's wait. always some okay. dude in Romeoville. Let's, let's, let's stop though for one minute. You sold your company as a freshman in high school. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a huge company. It was something like small. It wasn't like crazy big, but it was still something. I feel How did like. you sell it exactly? Uh, so, um, I listed on this one site cause it was like a website. So it was pretty much like, it was like, it was like a print on demand store in a sense. Right. And I just made the designs on Photoshop and stuff with me and like this one guy I hired and we just were selling them at my school mostly and like friends and family. But then, uh, I didn't want to continue doing cause I wasn't really like super passionate into it as much as I wanted to. I was like, I can make money on a larger scale doing something else. So I decided to list it on Flippa. It kind of lets you sell like stores online and uh, some guy hit me up. Like the next day I posted it and uh, I got to sell it. And then I just gave him the login info, some of the designs. And uh, I mean, we still talk to this day, so it's I mean, I, you know, Esther, yeah, seriously, I mean, the kid sold his company as a freshman in high school. And I asked him, how did you sell it? And he's just like talking about he lost passion. I'm trying to figure out what is the process that you sold the company? I mean, you sold a company already? Like, I'm just like, it was just like an, everything was online and all the manufacturing stuff were already connected to the website. So it's just, I looked I got at the website. You, Matt, yeah. you are like a genius. I'm sorry. Like you're, you are, you are doing amazing things and you are so advanced from so many people. In fact, 
I would go as far as saying that you're doing more than people I know that have been in business for like 50 years. Something that really strikes me about you is that you seek out information. You're you're very much a self-starter, which is a trait that a lot of entrepreneurs have, but even more so you figured out how to do a lot of things that people still have on like their vision boards. So um, when it comes to being a self-starter, what are some of the ways that you started educating yourself in business? Like, how did you go from going, I kind of want a clothing thing to being like, here's the manufacturing, here it is, here's Flippa, like, <laughs> Like what's the, what was the process? Did something show you that path of how to figure out information for yourself or have you just always been that way? I feel like anyone can talk and say they want to do something, but like once they start doing something, I'm like, then I'll be impressed. Like, oh, people be like, oh, I want to make a million dollars. I'm like, all right, cool. Make a million dollars. Then like, let's do it. So when I started like the clothing brand, it was, I was on the train. I remember still today. And I was like, dang, wouldn't it be cool to have like people wearing my stuff? So it just a quick few Google searches. I was like, how to start a clothing brand. I'm like, I just Googled it. It's just like, once you Google it, you get a little piece here and there. You click another link, you go on another website and you kind of just piece everything together. Take some notes on the notes app. And then once you get home, you got to start putting stuff together. So first like, oh, I got to make a design. Then I got to make a website. And then how do I make a website? I, I Googled it. I watched some YouTube videos. And then it's kind of like, from there you figure it out. And then manufacturers, people had like, you see like people wearing like, like the honest field guy. I'm like, how'd you get, like someone had to make an honest field guy shirt. So like, let's see who made it. Let's see how much it would cost. And then you have to like cross compare how much people are selling it for to get the best prices. And then it's kind of like, how do I do this without buying a machine? How can I like put some work aside to people who have done it before? So the quality is high and all that stuff. So then you find out about print on demand and then you find websites that do that. And it kind of just goes from there. So it's a lot of YouTube stuff, a lot of Googling and just taking notes and making sure all your questions are answered before you really start investing money. So you have the t-shirt company, you have the shoe company, or you sold the t-shirt company and you have the yeah. shoe company. Do you have other businesses right now outside of Kicks of Chicago? Uh, I have a photography thing that I'm trying to start and like a videography thing. So I've been spending a lot of my quarantine trying to make sure I've been, I can take the best quality pictures, best edits, and then... Start getting to a little bit into videography, but it's kind of not for me because I have all the visions for videography in terms of like, oh, what I want to do. It's just, I find it very like, I would say time consuming. It's kind of like, I'm not too, like, I can't really sit down and edit a video for like four hours, just something I wouldn't do. But I can definitely edit like a picture, make it like, you know, add some effects and stuff like that. So been trying to start that and it's been kind of been stuck because of quarantine, but I have a lot of meetups I'm going to be doing, uh, once this thing is over. So yeah. So your YouTube channel, I just checked it out um, earlier this week. Oh, you it, looks, I saw it looks brand new. Like, I'm like, did he do this? Cause he knew I was calling or did he like, what happened? Like, it's a really amazing channel. It's super professional. Um, I just feel like the videos are well put together. You look at the camera, you understand how to represent your brand. You know how to look at, you know, uh, be very confident and strong with your voice and you're already selling. So. What was your process around that? Did you just launch the channel? Just be just be honest. So uh, I've been wanting to start using the channel. Everyone told me to start a YouTube channel, whether it was to just tell some like goofy stories or kind of just like vlog my life. Because a lot of people be asking like, oh, you should vlog your life and all this. Or, and then I was like, I might do it. I might not. I don't really have the time for it. I don't really like editing, like I said before. And then people were telling me, oh, you should make an art channel, blah, blah. Then my little brother came to my room. He's like, Matt, why aren't you doing this? Uh, why aren't you recording this i'm like because like i never really 
thought, never really put time into thinking of it and like how I would do it even. He was like, all right, you got to record. Let's make this YouTube ad revenue. He's like, this is how much money people can make. So I was like, it's just another stream of passive income. So I was like, I'm sorry, wait, wait, you can't, I can't let this slide. Your little brother told you about let's make some ad revenue. Yes. So oh my, my little brother. <laughs> he walked in with a briefcase. How old is he? Oh, he's in, 13. He's in eighth grade. He Get watches so out. much. Yeah, Get he out. watches so much YouTube. <laughs> Did you hand down your origami business to him? He did try it, actually. Fun fact. He did try it. Yeah, so once quarantine hit, I had a lot of time to do my custom stuff. I got to catch up on a lot of orders, and I just had so much orders coming in because I can finally meet up people any time of the day, you know, be convenient for them. So I was like, let's start recording at the start. Once quarantine starts, we're going to record every single custom that I think would be either interesting or like be able to make a video out of. So right now we're at what, I think 24, 26 videos. So that's all been in the past, I would say month. And we've grown to like 138 subscribers, I believe as of this podcast. So yeah, I just been recording like every video we've been trying to change up either the angle, the way we do stuff. Uh, I find like start putting myself into the video we start, I actually bought like a tripod thing for uh, the thing that my little brother gave me his. And then I got an overhead tripod so you can actually get like up close and personal. So just slowly investing. So later on, we can get that uh, that passive income that comes in from YouTube. So I, I love it. I mean, I'm just like trying to figure out how you can go get over to my house and train my three sons and how they can start making some money so I can like quit my day job. Because I think your parents are on their way to like, you know, having like a, mil- a millionaire kid and he's not even 21 yet. I mean, my God, you know, like what in the world? So kicks of Chicago, what is the, like, what is the future of this? Do you think you're going to keep it? Or is this, I kind of also get the impression that it's your experimentation process. Like you're just trying to see like, what does this look like? Cause I have a feeling you have other ideas in your head for what you want to build, but do you think you're going to keep this company? Do you think you might sell it? Do you want to hire some people? Cause you've actually mentioned a few people that have helped you bring some of these things to life. So what's going to happen with this kicks? Uh, so this is definitely one of the businesses that are staying here for the long term. So this is one of the stuff that I definitely want to continue doing. And I believe I am skilled enough to take it to another level. So actually this week I met up with my, uh, now business partner, Ben, uh, he runs a consignment shop. I hit him up on uh, Instagram one day to ask him something. And, uh, we kind of fell upon the idea of, uh, he sells, uh, sneakers to like, hoopers like top level hoopers and climate shops so he just connects people to sell shoes and he was like oh i definitely want i definitely love i love your work and uh we should talk about it so he got me his number we talked about it i met him this week and we kind of closed a partnership that i'll be coming in and uh being the official customizer for his shoe store so we're working on that live our stuff coming uh you can order through a store drop off pick up through league ready and yeah I don't think any store in Chicago has uh, customization and you can buy shoes and all this and everything with shoes, really. We've been trying to put the whole thing to make it like an all in one place. So definitely this partnership is going to help us. But I also feel like it's going to be, I've been trying to make uh, customization as easy for people as it can be. So this like this feature of allowing people to just drop off the shoe and saying what they want with like a quick, like, you know, few sentences will really like, I feel like help uh, bring the industry standard to something different, hopefully in the future. But we've been expanding to like, I currently in my like room right now, like I'm working on two pairs of jeans and like jean jackets. And we've been trying to expand to other stuff. Like I had people ask me to like, 
paint their like uh barber kit wow. like it's like yeah i've had a lot of like odd things people want me to paint so definitely trying to expand you know um the one thing that i that i understand from talking to you is that you spend a lot of time creating the artwork so that process right there isn't necessarily scalable have you considered enlisting other artists to help you create the art on these products yes i have so when i was talking to the ben that's the coder his whole vision for this is to for me to scale with uh independent artists that i'll like hire and work under the brand and then they'll kind of just take the work off my hands and i'll be more of a product like a manager in a sense rather than the actual lead artist so but the problem is right now is uh, we are not at the level i would say where i need to employ one to five or a few people because right now i'm handling everything within like a reasonable time period such as like you know a few days to at most a week so once we get to the level where we have let's say 20 pairs a week i will definitely need to be and hopefully we'll hire some people in the future to make this a brand name so much left to do it won't end this way when they find me i'll so we are going to close this up and we have this amazing segment called Tech Obsessed. And so we kind of want to ask you some questions around the future of technology. And you're a great person to ask because you're so young, you're so vibrant, you have so much energy and interest and focus and passion around your own work. What was the last thing you saw or heard about any technology that surprised you or made you extremely happy? Drone pizza delivery. <laughs> Where did you see that at? Uh, I saw that. On some article, I don't know what it was, but I saw some article and uh, they're testing out stuff where it's like drone delivery. So I'm excited for that. And I saw like they're trying with pizza and like Amazon was trying it. So excited for that. But we'll see how much progress they get with that. And what's one piece of technology that you'd like to see come to fruition um, that you think could change the world? Ooh, that's a tough like piece of technology that like that needs to be made. I'm trying to figure it out myself. Probably something with the uh, testing for uh like diseases that's like instant testing so people can figure out that'd be some piece of technology that works for like everything whereas like self-diagnosis so people don't have to constantly be scheduling like doctor's point but it's just like i'm in my house let me see if let's say i have the coronavirus or let me see if i have you know any forms of cancer or something. that's absolutely something i'd like to see because you know one of the things that's always made me very anxious is having to take my kid every single time i think he has strep throat to the doctor like, please yeah, give sure. something at home that I can test this kid without having to traipse into the doctor's office to find out that he doesn't have strep. Like, so I love that. <laughs> like, you didn't even have strep. <laughs> I know. It's just like, I just spent $300. You don't even have a strep throat. So here's, a, here's an awesome question. So if you could ask one thing from two of the world's most powerful technology companies, what question would it be? And the two technology companies I'm referring to are Apple and Google, which are both trillion-dollar companies. So what would you ask of Google? And what would you ask of Apple? So I would ask Apple is uh, how did they take their product to market in a sense? Like how do you take a prototype and have such a successful launch on a product at uh, when you're first starting off? And then for Google is how to take all the information that I have from all these Google, uh, from all this like analytical standpoint and how to use it to like the best of my abilities while also being 
the best result when you search something on Google. So like, I know there's SEO and all stuff, but it's kind of like maximizing the information I have from all this stuff and like how to optimize it in like quickest, fastest way. But it's also like to see how, like, how do you take all these ideas? How do you work on all these different ideas uh, once under one company? Like, how can I take this to the next level? That's a great question. Um, I mean, Google definitely has an answer for that. And I know that what you're asking about, how do I become the top on search results? That's the number one question that always everybody wants know. to know. <laughs> I mean, it's right, right, Esther? Everybody wants to know, how do I become top on search? And that is a long, relatively complex process. But I will say about you, you are so far ahead of so many people that have a business. It is astonishing. The fact that you even launched a YouTube channel within the last six weeks and you have all that content on YouTube, I can't even get some small businesses to get one video up, a, like a single video. So you're already heading in the direction of getting all of your dreams realized with the work that you're doing online because that's where it all is. I mean, what you're doing is what is required, especially now. You can't do business one-on-one -on -one in person anymore, but you've got all the machine, the mechanisms in place for people to click a button to buy your stuff. I feel excited about what you're up to, what you're out, what you're up against, and and also what your future holds. And and that's actually my last question for you. So you're going to be graduating, however that looks, whatever's going to happen from Whitney Young. On what did you say, June? What date? June sixth. June sixth. So. What do you think you're going to do this summer? What are your plans? So my initial plans, I had about like three programs to travel the world. It was, I was going to go to Australia. I was going to go to Germany and a bunch, like a bunch of other places like San Francisco. And then I had a family trip to Mexico, but all that right now seems to be canceled. So right now I plan to just focus on the brand and really kind of locally expand as far as I can and hopefully team up with, um, either a few Chicago celebrities or NBA players so I can like once everything gets back to normal that'll pair kicks to rock on the court and hopefully I'll have my YouTube channel buzzing and have uh, a, a website that I'm proud of and up and running so then I can easy market easier and sell my products easier so those are the plans right now and just making sure that's done first before I move on to other stuff. That sounds amazing and I really hope that you as soon as safely possible, get to visit all those places that you named because it sounds like you had some really amazing plans and I, I hope that you're able to get over there pretty soon and be safe. But thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, Matt. Uh, this has been an amazing conversation. Appreciate you guys. Thank you to our audience for listening to the Honest Field Guide podcast. I'm Esther. I'm Ginger. And I'm Matt. And this is The Honest Field Guide. We'll talk to you next time. The Honest Field Guide podcast is produced by Burke Creative, written and created by Ginger Birkenbuehl and Esther Coro. The podcast is recorded in the innovation and technology capital of the Midwest, Chicago, at Stomping Ground Studios in Ukrainian Village. Original music is written by and provided courtesy of Utah Carroll. Follow Honest Field Guide on Instagram and Twitter. The opinions expressed on The Honest Field Guide are opinions only and only represent the views of Ginger Burke and Buell and Esther Ikora. E.